So August was kind of my testing month. I sent off for my genetic testing. I did the HSG, which is probably the worst part of this whole process for me. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but a lot of cramping. It was, it was, I definitely didn't enjoy it. Uh, they put dye and make sure that there's no blockages, but it's, it's very uncomfortable. Hey ladies, you're listening to the mom talks with Krista podcast, where I interview some of the most amazing women from those sharing knowledge related to labor, breastfeeding and postpartum issues to everyday moms sharing stories of struggle, triumph and the unexpected. These women are sure to give you honest conversations to help accomplish one key issue, getting rid of mom shaming. So if you want a judgment-free, open conversation, buckle your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. This is Mom Talks with Krista. Hey guys, since you're tuning into this episode of Mom Talks with Krista, I'm so excited for this episode. So last week we had Shannon Leach and she talked all about IVF as a way to get pregnant and have her five children. So this week we're continuing on the path of there's more than one way to make a baby. Have you ever thought about or have considered using a sperm donor to have a baby. Well, today's guest, Megan, is here to talk all about her journey with selecting a sperm donor to become a mom. And it's so cool just to hear about her thought process, how she brought it up to her family, and then the process in itself, everything that she went through to become a mom. So I'm just so happy that she was so open and willing to share her story with us because I know there's many other women out there that are either considering it or just want to know more about the process. So without further ado, here's my awesome interview with Megan. All right. Today we have Megan here and I'm so excited because you are in our Facebook group and um, you're talking about using a donor to have your son. And so I was so intrigued. I'm so curious just to hear about your story and everything in between. So if you just want to start and just tell us about you and we'll kind of go from there. As you said, my name is Megan and I am 37 years old. I live in central Illinois and I work in supply chain management for a large construction and mining equipment manufacturer. Um, I'm a single mom to my beautiful four-month-old son, Dylan. And as you said, he's a donor-conceived child, meaning I used a sperm donor to get pregnant. Very cool. So I kind of want to know more about like the process and then, but starting, when did you decide you wanted to do this and like, How long in your mind were you kind of going back and forth? Were you thinking of other options and just, yeah, kind of your story? I always have felt very strongly that I wanted to be a mom. Um, I first started looking into the sperm donor process back in 2014. I was single at that time as well. Shortly after considering uh, maybe going that route, I did meet somebody and I wanted to see where that relationship would go because, you know, optimal, I would have had a child with somebody that, you know, I was married and stuff too, but uh, that didn't work out. So when him and I broke up, um, I looked back into the sperm donor option again. Yeah. So what was that process kind of like? And when did you kind of decide like, okay, this is what I'm doing and then dive right in? It was a little over overwhelming at first because I honestly didn't know where to start. I've never known anybody to have done this. So I was went in for my annual PAP uh, last year in May. And so when I was there, I told the practitioner that I was considering a sperm donor. 
But one, I didn't know if I could even get pregnant. I, I had known since I was in college, I got diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And, you know, I've never had a pregnancy. I never tried. So she suggested that I get with a fertility specialist and referred me. So I scheduled a consultation with him back in July of last year. Uh, and what a blessing he was. So I went in not knowing how to even go about this process. And he really walked me through the whole thing. And it happened very quickly. So at the consultation, we uh, first made up a plan of, you know, how we would do it. So it was going to be three natural IUIs, if necessary, up to three rounds, and then Clomid if needed. Um, he also recommended an HSG uh, to ensure there's no blockages in my fallopian tubes and then offered genetic testing as well. So August was kind of my testing month. I sent off for my genetic testing. I did the HSG, which is probably the worst part of this whole process for me. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but the lot of cramping, it was, it was, I definitely didn't enjoy it. Uh, they put dye and make sure that there's no blockages, but it's, it's very uncomfortable. So that was the worst part, um, but uh, that came back clear. And the genetic testing came back that I was not a carrier for any of the genetic conditions that were tested. Uh, they also test for CMV antibodies. Uh, mine were negative, which meant I needed to select a donor that was CMV negative also, which is less common. So if I had been positive, a positive CMV person can uh, select a negative or positive donor. So you have a bigger pool to select from. So that actually narrowed down my search a little bit when I was looking for a donor. So I selected my donor and purchased vials. Uh, they're approximately $1,000 each. Um, California Cryobank does offer 50% buyback for any not used. I purchased three because um, I didn't want to risk my donor running out and having to select another donor. The Cryobank then stores them for you until your dissemination, and then they overnight them to your doctor. So uh, September was my first cycle. So after my period, I went in and they do blood work, uh, ultrasounds uh, to determine the follicle size, and then they schedule the IUI. Uh, they give you a trigger shot to inject a couple days before the IUI, and then the cryobank ships the specimen, which a funny story with that, when I went in for the IUI, they said they have to defrost it, it's a, or thought it's a small little vial, that the nurse like carries it around in her pocket for like a half hour before the thing. So that, I bet maybe laugh. <laughs> uh, the actual IUI takes less than 30 seconds, um, and then you have to wait two weeks to take your pregnancy test. The first round didn't take, so I did a second uh, cycle in October. So same thing, period, blood work, ultrasounds, trigger shot, IUI, wait two weeks. But I remember I took the test on October 30th, really early in the morning. I sent my mom a photo of the test saying it was negative. I was bummed, and then I went back to bed. When I got up ready to get ready for work a little bit later, I saw the test in the trash, and this time I could see a second line. I <laughs> the photo I sent to my mom, and sure enough, there was a faint line. I couldn't see it when I was half asleep. I sent the photo to my sister-in-law to be sure, and then, well, first she yelled at me for not using a digital test, and then she said that there was definitely another line, and just like that, I was pregnant. This podcast is sponsored by Mommy Knows Best. Are you looking for a lactation cookie that's not only effective, but tastes good? Mommy Knows Best offers an assortment of lactation cookies, brownies, and our newest ready-to-eat lactation cookies, perfect for our on-the-go moms. We offer six different flavors, including a dairy and gluten-free option. And let me tell you guys, you would not even know it's dairy and gluten-free unless someone told you. It's, it's so good. 
Mommy Knows Best empowers all moms with the tools and resources necessary to give your newborn the best start in life. With an assortment of lactation treats and supplements that contain all natural herbal remedies, traditionally and effectively used for generations to treat low milk supply. Whether you're a new mom or a pro, Mommy Knows Best gives you plenty of options, all of which are created with the health and safety of both baby and mom in mind. Right now, Mommy Knows Best is offering 20% off when you use the code MOMTALKS at mommyknowsbest.com. That's M-O-M-T-A-L-K-S for 20% off. Wow. How cool. Okay. So like, let's backtrack a little bit. How do yeah, you- Yeah, sorry. That was a whole lot I gave you. <laughs> oh, that's okay. No, that's awesome. I, so I'm just, I'm so curious about like the, so when you kind of choose and then they're like, okay, you have to choose a sperm donor now. Do you, like, how does that work? Do you go in somewhere and you, there's like a catalog or, or do they send you to a website and how do you kind of pick what you're looking for? Okay. So they actually, so it's very interesting to me actually, because I, I didn't know until he told me, but anybody could get on to the cryobank website and actually search donors. It's not, it's not private, but uh, it's kind of set up like a dating website would be, you know, you got your filters and and there's photos for most of them. Most of them, it's like a childhood photo. But so you basically go to the website, you search the donors. As I said earlier, I used California Cryobank. It's one of the largest ones. And my doctor recommended it. They have most success uh, with their specimens, he said, as opposed to other cryobanks as far as higher sperm count. Mm-hmm. So determining what tra- traits were important were, was very difficult for me because, you know, nature versus nurture doesn't matter you know, what he's interested in is, you know, so I kind of left it pretty open so I can get as many uh, results to kind of feel around and see what, you know, gave me a feeling. So the filters that I used is I had to do CMV negative. Um, I also put in DNA advantage since I wasn't a carrier for anything genetic. I was hoping to, to have um, a donor the same way. Um, and then I put in, I wanted an open donor. I wanted to, um, give my child that option when he's older to be able to connect. Um, and then one with photos available. Um, and then after that, I just read their profiles until I kind of had a feeling about one of them. I was actually surprised at how much information that they provide you about your donor. I had info on his family, you know, where they work, you know, his sister, his uncle, you know, what his grandpa did. Um, I have childhood and adult photos of my donor. I have a recorded interview. I could to hear his voice. Um, pretty much get everything on them except for their name and where they live. What was it like then? Okay. So once you made this decision, how soon did you tell family and friends in along in the process and what were their reactions like? So I was always pretty open about this when I decided to do this. Um, my friends and, and family knew, and you know, everybody was pretty interested in this process. So I was very open throughout the whole thing. My family took it better than I thought. I, and they were very supportive. I think their biggest concern was just me doing it on my own um, as a single mom. But everybody was on board, excited for a grandbaby. And my mom even went to every one of my appointments, even to the insemination. So it it had a lot of support. So you kind of talked about choosing an open donor because I haven't heard the term open donor. So I was really curious about that. So what's like the legality of the process? What are like kind of the terms of it? And what does that mean, open donor? Okay. So with the California cryobank, there is three donor types, uh, anonymous ID disclosure and open, but essentially for all of them, the child can reach out to the cryobank and they would make contact 
So there is a possibility for all of them, but I did put open because I wanted a higher likelihood that, you know, my donor would make contact with my son if my son chose to reach out. So only the child can request contact. So I can never, and and my donor can never uh, request contact. And it has to be when the child is at least 18, eight years old. So at that point, if Dylan wanted to reach out, he could reach out to the cryobank and they would initiate contact with the donor. Oh, wow. Which I plan to be honest with Dylan, you know, on how he was conceived and and this whole process. So, you know, I, I think he'll grow up, uh, you know, having an appreciation for that. So hopefully they will make contact. I mean, I'll leave that up to him, but you know, I, I, I think I would have a lot of questions if I were him and, and want to know that side of where I came from. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's really cool. It's so cool to hear about this story because I think, you know, there's so many different ways. I was just talking to my last interview about like different ways to have a family and to have children. And especially now, like it's almost, it's unlimited how, if you want to have a family. So what advice or tips do you have for women watching that were either thinking about this or maybe in the middle of this process right now? So my experience was great. It gave me my greatest joy, my son, Dylan. And then I also have one remaining vial left. So potentially my donor will be helping me make two perfect children. We'll find out next year. But as you said, families come in all shapes and sizes. Now mine's complete. Um, Although I'm lucky to have so much support for my family and I couldn't do this without them. If someone's trying to, if someone's considering this process to help complete their family, I say go for it. Was there anything that you kind of learned along the way about yourself or even like once you became a mom? It doesn't have to be about this process, just anything you kind of learned along the way about being a mom or about um, during your pregnancy? It's amazing. I don't know. It's amazing how much your priorities and your perspective changes when you have a mom um, or when you become a mom and also doing it during the pandemic. So it's, you know, been definitely an experience you know, I didn't get to have a baby shower and, you know, nobody could come see me in the hospital. So it's, it's been a little different, but uh, the biggest joy, you know, I was very nervous with a little one. Um, I, he's definitely improved my patience. I, I don't think I was ever a very patient person, but you learn that I think really quick when you're a mom, but just that you could, I didn't know I could love something so much, you know, uh, I, I cherish that child. He's, he's, such a good boy too. He's so happy and his smile makes my day. So no regrets. I, you know, I'm so glad I did this and, and I, I look forward to watching him grow up. That's awesome. I think it's so admirable what you did. Cause I think it's one of those things where like a lot of people might think of doing it or, you know, get nervous, maybe back down from it. So I think it's so cool. So when I saw you post, I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to like, I feel like just sharing your story is so empowering because I'm sure so many women are going through the same thing, kind of, you know, thinking, can I do this by myself or should I, or, you know, and I, I think it's so cool. You've proved, proven you can do it. And I think that's really cool. Thank you. I always like to end these with, um, I call them fun thinking questions. So my question is, if you could have a billboard made today where you'd share one tip with moms everywhere, what would you have it say? That was such a tough one. I'm so glad you sent me the questions ahead of time and gave me some time to think on that one. But uh, I always like to send them. I'm like, sometimes they're very <laughs> stump you. <laughs> I think I would have blinked. Um, but after thinking about it, I, I think I would say that my billboard would say, 
uh, that the right way is your way. I think um, it can be hard with all the information out there, especially for a new mom. Um, I've even seen mom shaming and just to feel that you were doing the right thing for your child or raising them the right way. So I think it's important to do what you think is best and not second guess yourself because of someone else's opinion. I think us moms can be too hard on ourselves sometimes uh, by seeing some of the posts in the groups that I'm in, you know, I think we're all very strong and, and we need to trust our gut because we like mamas, mamas, moms do know best. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I think that was awesome advice. I think, yeah, like you said, there's so much mom shaming. I feel like that comes from insecurity. So I feel like if mm-hmm. people just trusted themselves a little bit more, trusted their gut, maybe a lot less of that, more um, compassion. And the last one is what advice would you give to new moms that are either in a tough spot right now or kind of um, struggling a little bit? hundred percent ask for help when needed. Um, they say it takes a village and that's for a reason. <laughs> this mom and is hard, but there is support out there. I'm on a number of the Facebook groups and they're great with advice or words of encouragement. But if you're in the hard, hard spot, you just need someone to talk to or need help. Definitely ask. Well, thank you so much for allowing me to interview you and share your story. I think, like I said, it's so admirable to your story and a testament to who you are. And I think that was just awesome of you to share. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me. This was so interesting and very exciting to be able to participate in something like this. Thanks for listening to the Mom Talks with Krista podcast. For more information about this show, past shows, or to check out our YouTube channel, please see our show notes. If you loved the show, please share it with your mom tribe. The bigger, the better. Thanks for listening and have a great day.